0: Not long ago, I learned of the passing of my very good friend, Larry Taylor. As it happens, in June 2018, Larry and I had a series of conversations about his life. The idea was going to be perhaps uh, an autobiography because from Jerry Lee Lewis and the Monkees to John Mayall or Tom Waits, Larry played decades of rock and roll, jazz, and blues. I asked him to start at the beginning.
1: I was born in uh, Brooklyn, New York, uh, June 26, 1942, which makes me 75. I will be 76 in a couple of weeks. If I think back, uh, I think back when I was really young, I think it was just the music that was being played around me uh, in Tennessee, because that's where my father was from. He was from Tennessee. My mother was from, from New York, and he was in the Navy. He met her at a dance and he was at the Brooklyn Navy yard and they met each other there. So that's how I became what I became from that, you know, that, that meeting after that was, you know, I was one of them. My brother was first and me and my sister. Then, uh, then I would, then I would sit that. Then I, uh, uh, I guess I went to Tennessee, uh, when I was small, um, and lived there till I was about, uh, five and I be- mainly lived there with my grandparents, which was on my father's side, but my mother was there and she worked all the time. So they took care of me. And, uh, and then, you know, I used to hear a this music, you know, these were, they had a, a 78 player, I guess 78, uh, wind up for troller. And they used to play these records and I'd heard these records. So that's kind of like the music thing. That was how I exposed it was mainly country music you know, like Hank Williams, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy Rogers. I mean, those kind of records my father bought and listened to. So that's kind of like the exposure that I'd have in music when I was in. But how I actually got into the music was uh, when I went, then I moved to New York, back to New York with my mother, and then my parents divorced. And then so I moved back there, and then I moved to California. And after I went to California, that's where – uh, I kind of uh, was there for a while, and then my mother, you know, she couldn't handle me because I was a juvenile, Real had a lot of problems with school and all that stuff. And so she sends me back to my brother in Tennessee, which he was still there with his family.
0: You're talking about your brother, Mel? Yes. Larry, what's the age difference between you two guys?
1: It was nine years. So I went to Tennessee, and then that's where I really got more exposed to, to music through my brother, Uh, He was in a couple of bands. He was in a bluegrass band. He was also, he played guitar and sang in a bluegrass group, you know, harmony, you know, like they used to like gather around one microphone and play all the instrumental and then sing. Everybody would sing around the mic. So that's how he did bluegrass music back in the day. As a matter of fact, today they even have bluegrass uh, groups that uh, perform with you using one microphone (laughs) still to this day. So anyway, so, and then he also was kind of in kind of a rockabilious rock Well, back then you wouldn't call it rockabilly, call it rock and roll. And he was in a rock and roll band. He had a, and he had a local, he was on a local TV show every, uh, every week in Johnson city, Tennessee. And that's where I was, you know, that's where my father's family was from. That's where I was when I was little, then my mother took me to New York. And then I told you, then I ended up back in, then, then I ended up in California. And then I went to, Back there to uh, to Tennessee with my brother, and that's where I picked up the guitar. And he, he's the one that showed me the guitar. And I had his guitar, his guitar, Gibson Jumbo. I remember It was like mm-hmm. one of those Gibson round hole jumbos. You ever seen those guitars?
0: Yeah. Th- now this would have been w- what age or what year?
1: I'd say that would have been when I was about 12 to 13.
0: Wow. So you start playing guitar. You tw- you start learning guitar.
1: Yeah, thirteen. I had, you know a couple of E chord, you know, E chord, uh, A chord, D chord, you know, that kind of thing. That's all know. you need. That's all. I, that's all I know, anyway. That's all, all you need. <laughs> no, hey, man, I know some plus five chords, man. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I know a lot. Of, actually, a lot more chords now than yeah. I. You know, I'm actually learning more and more every day I play. So, but anyway, so what? So, I, I, you know, I was there, and uh, finally ended up back in back in California after uh, my brother couldn't really handle me either because I used <laughs> to I used to ditch school and go to the local coffee shop with my lunch money and put it in a jukebox and just sit there and drink coffee and listen to records. <laughs> That's funny. That's, that was like, you know, and that was when, you know, you had Buddy Holly on, on the jukebox and you had the big bopper and, and, and all these, you know, I would have been like 58, maybe mm-hmm. 57. No, actually it was actually before that 56. That was about like between 55 and 56 when I was back there. And then I went back, then I got to back to California and I just kept, playing the guitar and learn a little bit more met met a few other musicians like Elliot Ingberg you know we played with the Mothers and
0: What was in California that you got back to California there was somebody living there that you were able to
1: Yeah my mother was was here she I, I, I told you she sent me to Tennessee and then I ended up coming back
0: Okay she's she was in California
1: Yes she was she was in California and that's where we were we came from New York in the 50s with uh, my stepfather and, mm-hmm. you know, from, from New York. And I guess I was probably, what, nine? Let's well, see, we were here, uh, I was here in, uh, when I was 10, I think. Yeah, I was 10 years old when we came out Came out from, uh, from New York to California.
0: When you go back to New York, does that uh, bring up any feelings in you at
1: all? Well, yeah, I mean, I have all, all my mother's uh, side of the family lived there there I still have uh, actually all the all the sisters are dead now, mm-hmm. uh, but they have, you know, kids and I have cousins and stuff. There's only a couple of cousins actually around right now that's, that are still alive. And that was, of course, from the younger aunt, Aunt Ruth. And then you got Philip and you have uh, Emily and you have Sarah. So those they're, they're still alive. And Sarah's my age. And the other kids are younger, so that you know they're they're still around. I, I I I make contact with them most of the time when I go back east.
0: They must have been thrilled to see you on Letterman, I guess. Huh?
1: Well, they I even have my uh, uh, nephew uh, Philip come. Uh, brought his upright bass because he plays bass and used his bass on the gig.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. Does your sister play
1: music at all? No, because you know you guys. Yeah, just me and Mel. Me and Mel yeah. were the only ones. Now, by mother's side, you have. The, the, the my aunts, their their kids like Philip plays music. Emily's a she. Emily's the youngest one. She plays uh, harpsichord. She's a classical harpsichord. Interesting. Pretty good at it too.
0: You and Mel are, are strong musicians. So what side did that come from? And and by the way, what country <laughs> do your parents come from? There must be immigrants like everybody else.
1: Russian Jew. Yeah. And and then uh, you know, country people like it would just be. There's a lot of Indian, uh, American Indian in, in my uh, family in the, in Tennessee. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, I should do one of those uh, one of those genetic uh, tests and see who was what and where I go back to. I was thinking about doing that to check it out before I die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you might <laughs> true find that uh, hidden cousin someplace. I'm just curious because in my family, my I had an uncle who did a one, he was a musician, he played with a lot of uh, big bands and did a lot of comedy bands as well. Oh, really? He was a one-man band. I have a photo of him as a one-man band. Really? I don't know, you know, that's the only person I know who plays music. And, of course, my brother, you know, is an excellent jazz pianist. Right. So it's just a funny, I see a parallel there. I know you and Mel, like I say, strong, real str- I mean, no joke, you guys are
1: amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just happened to be in the right places at the right time, doing those things with whatever was going on at the time, like just being involved, you know, just going out there and finding it. That, that I mean, you had to go out and find it. It wasn't like, it wasn't like something that you really thought about. You just kind of did it because you really wanted to. And that's, that's, you know, that's also a good thing. When you when you want to become a player or a musician, you know you gotta you gotta find yourself. You gotta go find what, what, you know, what is this is just what I want to do? Or, but you know, now now that I look back on that, I can say that. But when I did it, I didn't even think about it. I just did it. You know.
0: When did you start seeing? Hey, I might be fucking doing something here.
1: I'll give you like kind of a quick story of, of what's kind of made me see. Well, maybe this is something I'll gonna, that I'm going to actually end up doing. So in '59, uh, I was playing around LA with, you know, just doing their local gigs around LA and, and, uh, with these different people. And, uh, we made this record for the world Pacific jazz label (laughs) of all, of all labels. Yeah. That, that, that's the label that had people like, uh, Bud Shank and they recorded a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff in LA, actually the old Liberty studio, which actually I can't heat recorded their first record there. Anyway, to make a long story short. So I was uh, you know, hanging around doing that and i made this record with this group called the gamblers which was a a group that we'd play little parties and we'd get some gigs here and there wasn't anything real steady and we made this record called moondog on the a side and the b side was called lsd 25 it was an article article in life magazine that talked about lsd 25 so i I thought that's a good name for a song let's just use that we used it on side b minor blues on the side b's minor blues and side A is a surf record called Moondog by The Gambler. So this record came out and it sold records. And it was like a hit up and down the West Coast. I thought, well, shit, I just got a check for this for 500 bucks. I said, well, maybe this is what I should be doing is being in the record and music business. So that's kind of was a turning point right there. Mm-hmm. Now that I think back and I thought, well, yeah, you can make money doing this. You know, 500 bucks back there in 1960, uh, 59, that was a lot of money to get at one time. Who the fuck ever got a $500 check from anywhere? I didn't.